0: I was deployed as an infantry team leader with the Army in the Kunar province of Afghanistan from 2008 to 2009. One night, we set in on an observation patrol to overlook a village that we suspected IEDs were coming out of due to a successful IED recovery a few weeks prior. My lieutenant gave me a new thermal imaging system called the Recon 3, that none of us were familiar with and were told me just to figure it out. I started messing around with the Recon 3 to see its capabilities, and I was surprised with the clarity of the images and the clarity of the zoom on it. I spent most of my time messing with the different functionalities and watching the village. I started to look across the valley to see what I could see, and that led me to look upon a spur that we had set in on, and I saw a very large heat signature at the top of one of those false peaks. I did everything I could to get as clear of an image as, as I could, suspecting that it was a group of Taliban huddled together around the light, as they tend to do in the mountains when all of a sudden, the heat signature stood up as one being. It started taking steps parallel to my position and was covering ground quickly with ease. Its stride was slow and relaxed, but yet it moved with incredible speed. That led me to believe that this creature was indeed gigantic. It traversed along the landscape and I lost sight of it along a neighboring spur. I did not believe what I saw initially, assuming that I imagined it and had never seen anything like it before in my life.
1: Luke, you're you're looking festive over there in your black hoodie.
2: Okay, you and your camp, you and your camp Nephilim <laughs> shirt, dude. Very festive. Listen, is listen. Is
1: that we're what, the
2: least festive guys right now? Is that what you have to wear when you enter the Bone Zone? You got to have the proper uniform on. I have to wear the shirt
1: that says Camp Nephilim on it today because we're going into Nephilim territory. We got Tales from the Grid Square coming up. He's uh, is our new friend, and he's got a great Instagram account. He curates stories of. From the military about all kinds of weird stuff, paranormal things. That's in the bone zone because he's talking about ancient places and military bases and creature sightings and giant stuff. Dude, so he's got he's got the uh, the military entrance into the blurry verse. That's right. He found that military door. Not only did he find it, but uh, he tells a great encounter. Nick's great. I'm excited about this one. Told a lot of tales. Everything from Bigfoot to giants to Dogman. We love it, man. It just gets blurrier and weirder. And appreciate uh, all the people out there who take a chance on us
2: and come on and tell some stories. Some real fun encounter stuff lately. We had our, our friends Levi and Micah talk about their encounter with the Wendigo, which is a members only episode. So if you are not a member, Definitely need to become a member just to check out that story at the very least. But there's a whole catalog of exclusive members-only episodes. So if you are not satisfied with a single episode in a week, we have the solution. We have the juice, Nate. We got we have extra episodes along with a, a ton of other perks. and The juice. You know, the silver lining there is you just support the podcast and what we do. And at the same time, you get access to platforms and channels that are just for members, merch discounts, extra episodes members chats if you're a gold member we have a movie night once a month where we watch a film went through the david politis catalog and we're on to some some new stuff i think the fall Brothers stuff may be coming up still need to have the fall brothers on p.s yeah we do
1: i'm working on it i work on it in the background that's right cancel your disney plus subscription and add blurry plus
2: you're like the mom and wedding crashers i never know what he's doing back there what is he doing back there (laughs) i never know what he's doing back there (laughs) No, but we got we got the men in uniform
1: coming on the show lately. That's right. We got cops and, and military men. Thank you guys out there who listen to our show and take it take us serious enough to come on and tell your stories. We know there's some sort of liability involved with that, so we appreciate those dudes for coming on and and being willing and honest to share
2: their blurry encounters. And if you didn't listen to last week's if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I'm gonna say this coming episode here is gonna fit really good into into a theme that just sort of happens for us sometimes. But listen to Kevin's episode about his encounter in Indiana. It is a mind-blowing experience. And if you did listen to that, this is a in- very interesting follow-up from the corners of the earth where our men and women in uniform are encountering very Blurry Creatures, Nate. That's right.
1: And we're going to try to find even more of those stories. If you had a story, shoot us an email, BlurryCreaturesPodcast at gmail.com. More and more uh, people coming out in the woodworks and telling us their, their weird stories, and we appreciate that. And if you ordered something from Blurry Black Friday, we have those on their way to us. And then they're coming to you. So thanks for being patient. All you guys have supported the podcast, whether it's a membership, t-shirt, all the good stuff. And we now have a guest section on our website. So if you love the books from the previous guests, including our buddy Nick, who he wrote a book on and who's coming up next. You can go get his book right now blurrycreatures.com slash guests
2: yeah check out the library all of all of our guests uh, that have books we continually update that site so you can find you know all everything from doug van dorn Derek gilbert dr judd burton the entire blurry crew even our friend from tales from the crit square has his book and that'll be it's, the links available on our website so just another way you can support the, the people that give their time to the show and from tim alvarino mm-hmm. to, to dr laura sanger and you know, we keep bugging our buddy Derek Olson. He needs to write a book. So when he does, it'll be up there, Nate and Travis too. Come on,
1: Travis from Giants of Ancient America. Exactly. All these guys.
2: And soon the Blurry Book is coming, right, Luke? The Blurry Book is is coming, right? It's going to be a little less exhaustive than Fritz Zimmerman's account of every every mound in the Ohio <laughs> Valley, but. Uh, Maybe someday it'll be a coloring book with our, with our level of uh, acumen here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: No, we appreciate that. Everyone out there is sponsoring the, uh, the show, becoming a member, blurrycreatures.com slash members, and blurrycreatures.com slash guests if you want to get a book. All right. All right, all it's right. Get blurry by the minute. Our big fella just stays in the woods. Did you see my dad in the Bigfoot costume? Dude,
2: I loved it. I have it. I have it now. I brought it home. Are you, are you going to put it on? No, you are. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> I see
2: how it is. <laughs> See how it is. You are, and we're going to go to Noah's Ark in Kentucky. (laughs) And they're not letting you in. They're like, sorry, only two by two animals, and sir, you are not allowed in.
1: I woke up sick, but I'm not going to cancel.
0: A little difficult to uh, <laughs> kind of set, schedule these meetings when I'm living literally across the Pacific.
1: You're living in a t- terrible place, though.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's not, you can't be Hawaii for the most part.
1: Are you on Oahu or Kauai or where are you at? I'm on Oahu, yeah. I remember when I was in high school, we took our senior trip to Hawaii. Remember, you could rent those scooters and just cause havoc. You still
0: can. It's pretty funny. <laughs> you're
1: just, you're <laughs> That's just... the military. Guys got mad at me yeah you were just smooching with girls in the back of the bus that's what you were doing i was trying no one wanted to smooch this ginger (laughs) (laughs) but yeah man thanks for coming on Um, i don't do you you don't want us do you want us to tell your name or no because you kind of uh, hide your identity on your instagram so i figured
0: yeah you can use nick orton it's like my uh it's been like my ghostwriter name or my like uh pseudonym that i use we're just Nick or Tails?
1: Well, all right, Nick, that's good enough for us. Thanks for coming on Blurry Creatures in the Wee Hours of the Morning over there in Hawaii. Can't say thanks enough to you for coming on our podcast. Last week, we had an episode about someone who saw a, a Nephilim creature when they were a kid. And Kevin came on our and told our story. And before that, really, the only rumored encounter with a giant that was like infamous was the Kandahar giant in Afghanistan. Yeah. Which, you know, is a military story. And that's kind of what you do. You curate military stories, people in the military send you their stories from all over the world. You put them in one location on your Instagram page and you kind of share those stories. So thanks for coming on our podcast. And uh, love to hear about maybe there's some other Kandahar giant stories out there that we haven't heard about.
0: Oh yeah, and if uh, your listeners are listening, you know, if, you, if they love blurry photos, I do have a few blurry photos <laughs> that people have sent in. Um, <laughs> I got uh... always, <laughs> always blurry, Nick. Um, always blurry. I, I actually, yeah. I, there, there's one that I don't got is blurry, and it was uh, because uh, I guess it's really not hard to blur it because it was it's literally three lights in a triangle at night over a fob and or and, no, it was a, a bigger base. It was a bigger base, in Afghanistan during like 2013 it was like what you would have that that triangle ufo shape that perfect triangle ufo shape floating over this really big secure military base and no one saw it because you could only see it through mvgs and this guy on duty was just kind of like looking around at his mvgs and he like looked up and he was like what is that (laughs) Mm. um but yeah no if uh, your listeners are listening if you go to my page tales from the grid square on instagram uh, I do have some yeah. occasional photo stuff in there. The most recent one uh, being a ghost ghost girl from Okinawa that's known to haunt one of the, the military bases there called Camp Schwab. Um, and this guy took a really blurry photo a while, from a couple of years ago. <laughs> and uh, But if you look at it, it looks like a, what's, descri- what's always been described there is a ghostly little girl in a white dress.
1: Yeah, we actually did an episode with our buddy Shea, who was a listener, and he came on and told his story. This guy worked at a hotel in in Japan, and he was in the bottom bathroom smoking cigarettes. And this thing came in the bathroom, and stood right in front of his stall. Pretty crazy story, man. It was it was pretty spooky.
0: No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No.
1: Hard. <laughs> yeah, we forgot um, our quintessential question. We always uh, kick off the conversation with we ask all our guests what they think about Bigfoot. That's just how we do it. And I for, sometimes I I forget to ask.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> we've, been go, uh, we've been
1: going so long.
0: Don't ask me about Bigfoot. Cause I feel like we'll be here. We'll be here for the next like three hours, but. uh, (laughs) You
1: can do a real, you can do a quick version, a recap. What do you think? I
0: I definitely think uh, Bigfoot exists as a flesh and blood animal. I think there's just too much circumstantial evidence and accounts and just stuff from recent times to, you know, ancient times with the first tribes and the first people to discount it completely. I don't, I don't think there's more of a paranormal aspect of, than it's a undiscovered species, which I think are a lot of like, what is known? What cryptids are known as, or you know, uh, these some of these legends from past. They're like this. Literally, I think it's literally just a gigantic North American ape that doesn't like people and has eluded us for all these years. Yeah,
1: and and we get a little more into the weird on our show. We talk about the weird stuff that happens and associated with these creatures. You know, we're not we're not, we're not afraid of that. And it, it's hard, man. It's it's such a he's a confusing one. The counterpoint
0: to that is I think all the other weird the the weird stuff people see in the woods is, like, something else entirely. Um, like, the vocalizations, and people see, I think, uh, that those are... So, like, you know, the Skinwalker meme, right? So, Skinwalker is basically, like, a meme yeah. now, especially, like, in the military. People say Skinwalker all the time, because it's, like, a joke, uh, but not really. It's, like, really, but not really kind of thing. Like, if you know, you know kind of deal. Um, yeah. But, like, you know, all Skinwalker mm-hmm. is, is really is a Navajo legend of a shape-shifting shaman, but if you go talk to people who've been out in the woods, they see they have seen and heard things that are so bizarre they equate them to a skinwalker, not Sasquatch, a skinwalker or a windigo or whatever. And I think that there's this other cryptid out in the woods, like you know the pale crawlers.. Mm-hmm. I, I really buy into yeah. that and I think those exist, the rakes. The, the rakes, and I, I have yet to determine or decide if they are physical creatures. Uh, again, like an undiscovered animal. Or if they are like legit paranormal entities, and I think those those are what is causing a lot of like the disappearances, the the vocalizations, the weird stuff in the woods. Just because I've heard like so many stories and I've I don't like watching videos because believe it or not, I, for running a paranormal page, uh, I'm a huge scary cat. like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, no, nope, I don't want to go look up videos. I'll be here all night and <laughs> I'll be freaking myself out and not going to sleep. No, I I get it. They, I mean,
1: some people some people say Bigfoot's like the protector of the woods and I wonder if, you know, he's like helping people from getting abducted by these things, keeping people safe in the woods. I want to believe that's what Bigfoot does, but I mean, to be
0: fair, like I've seen videos of these like rake things and I don't know. I think I think the 3 of us here, I think we could take them on. I think I think I could take one of them. Yeah,
2: they're little skinny. I think I got I got enough beef, I got enough beef here. Man. Like I work here. out.
0: Like I think I could, I think I could take one down. Yeah. Like I think they get the drop on people. Uh just like I think Sasquatch could potentially get the drop on people. Like, uh, I listened to the Sierra sounds that one, the first time, and I was thinking, like, I was like, wow, these guys almost got got. (laughs) I think, yeah, I, I think those things were like came there to jump them, and they saw that they were like in the little shelter. And they just sat there all night and I was like, wow, you know, those guys, maybe those guys were about to get attacked by those things. Who knows?
2: And, and Nick and, in, in, you know, you collect a lot of accounts and stories in, in the military space. Do you ever come across anything? People send you stuff about, about having encounters, you know, with Bigfoot as far as military encounters or, or brush, brush up oh, a, yeah. with the big and guy? I'll
0: have to like preface this with my little statement is like, so like I, everything I talk about and like post about on my page, like, so I am in the military, but like it's this obviously doesn't reflect the the views of the DoD Department of Defense or you know the US Army or any sure. other branch. Yeah. Uh, I gotta say that I'm just like a regular guy. I just like paranormal. I've liked paranormal like topics ever since I was a kid, and then I kind of realized that nobody's really kind of branching into this realm of like the military and the paranormal because it's actually a lot more prevalent than I thought it would be.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, you you got to think you've got. You've got soldiers and troops all over the planet that are going into some of the more remote places, you know, and operations and things like that. You've got to think that they bump into weird stuff, especially because Nate and I, like he he had said, and we're prefacing that saying like this: you know, we, we've been getting weird for, for a few years here. But you know, when you're when you're going to crazy places and. You're doing doing operations and potentially you're you know you're armed as well. I, there's a lot more that we don't obviously don't hear about because I think the government keeps caps on things. I, the, as you would say, you, this is your opinion and not the opinion of of the entities, and that's probably a given. <laughs> but you got to think that that happens, you know, um, which is a fascinating place to be for you, just because to think, you know, I hadn't really thought about that a ton, but you know, if you're you know, in Kandahar, going if you're if you're rooting out the Taliban in caves, if you're in the jung- deep jungles of you know of Southeast Asia, if you're you know all these places and deep in the ocean, all these different places that the military ends up doing you know operations, you, there's got to be stuff, right?
0: Yeah, and you know, absolutely, and. I think the other part of this, too, and it's like other the other like my goal is to like, you know, help bridge that gap in my own weird way between like this, the military and the civilian world. Because to be honest, like to your point, I think a lot of times I tell people it's not that like the government is hiding or covering up that, you know, these people have these encounters, witness things. It's like just literally because, you know, when you're operating or when you're working or when you're out there, it's like, you know, oh, I just saw, you know, I saw Bigfoot just stand in front of me and walk away. Well, anyways, I have to get back to my job because if I don't, people people are going to yell at me, people are <laughs> depending on me. You know, It's yeah. like sometimes when you know the, the sergeant tells you, hey, shut up, you didn't see anything. It's not because he's covering it up. It's because he really does not want to deal with having to explain to everyone how you just saw Bigfoot and we have a lot of work to do. And it's something as literally simple as that. And then, I don't know, then some other times there might be some crazy stuff going on where they're like, hey, you saw nothing, sign this NDA.
1: Well, yeah, people... People don't understand, like, how many agencies there are and how many hands are tied for, you know, one agency can do something and another agency can't. It's not as easy and cut and dry as the government, you know, the more we get into our show. I mean, we just did an episode, just full disclosure, about a Navy chief who was on the USS Nimitz when they filmed that Tic Tac. And he said everyone knew what it was, but nobody felt compelled to say anything. They, they didn't want to talk about it. And this was 2004, right? And now 2017, they're talking about UFOs, and they're bringing military guys on these shows, and they're saying, "Hey, this stuff's—we don't know what it is, but it's out there." And but these guys have to keep a lid on it, you know, for the last 20 years. And now all of a sudden, they're talking about
2: it. Well, and to your point, they you know he said that they made everybody sign an nda yeah they did you know at, at that point and he he was in the intelligence a- aspect of it but he's like yeah everybody basically had to sign an nda from the pilots and everything else to not saying anything, but now the government has released those videos and stuff there there's certain things they can't talk about cuz it's public knowledge but
1: and not only that he said there were better recordings of that ufo but they released ones that aren't aren't as good so that's interesting
2: he said they didn't release the better videos just the more blur most <laughs> the more blurry ones <laughs> right which is yeah, good. Always. good for us
1: yeah. it's weird. I, that's all I got to say. But yeah, it's not as easy as the government. Yeah. And,
0: like, and sometimes it's literally like, you know, if I was to talk about the topics I, I talk about now, I'll just be known as, you know, Nick, the guy that likes Bigfoot and UFOs and stuff like that. I won't be known as, you know, the guy that can get stuff done or the guy that can be relied upon. So you don't want to like jeopardize sure. your... Right. <laughs> it's, it's literally sometimes that simple. And other times it's like literally like, hey, you're not going to talk about this. But... Sorry, well, we got sidetracked. <laughs> we can uh, get yeah, into So yeah. Bigfoot,
1: and what about some of the other stories where people say that you know there's these night reconnaissance missions where the military is thinning the population, going out, hunting them down. What do you think about all those those claims? I read moment? some of
0: those stories, and I'll, yeah. I'll just be honest: like some of those stories with like the military, it's just like I don't know. I'm just like, what unit is doing this? Because man, I can't, I can't.
2: When we <laughs> de- my unit
0: deployed to Europe in 2017, I could not get my soldiers to stop shutting up about telling everyone we were deploying. I was like, dude, like we're not supposed to talk about this, stop it. And you know, people yeah. people always say yeah. like special forces, the Ranger Battalion stuff like that. Well, you know, then I beg the question, like guys in the military know, like those dudes are busy. Like those guys are constantly deployed, constantly training. And it's just like, where can you fit this in somewhere? So I'm always curious. I mean, it could always be like another agency, disguised as the military. But I've always wondered, like, you know, is it really the military?
1: I heard the the green berets are associated with some of these like missing four one one cases.
0: Yeah, because um, I uh, I think it's that one's more towards like, you know, honestly, those guys are they're trained to hunt people. Um, <laughs> when someone goes missing, you know, mm. why not bring if the best trackers are available and we'll not bring them in to track those, to track them down. No. It's very fascinating, but to like, go back to your point, to what we were just talking about with Bigfoot uh, is actually, yeah. So I, I've, I've gotten quite a few stories from military members about what they allege to have seen or like have encounters that they attribute to the Bigfoot phenomena. And, you know, if you, for the listeners that don't know, like military bases, they're all over the United States. Right. Um, and if you just look at the main army ones, Right. And we're not talking like National Guard or the reserve bases, you know, honest military army bases are in Marine Corps bases to an extent are typically placed on massive amounts of land in the middle of nowhere. Mm. And, and, you know, and to be honest, like for the training areas. Right. So there's like the secured cantonment area, which is where like all the offices are and barracks. Right. And that has like a gate and a fence typically. But then like the training area is usually like unfenced. There's like literally a sign that says you can't walk onto here. This is federal land or danger. You know, live fire area, and because it's so massive, if they just have this hard time patrolling all this. I live in Hawaii, and our one of our training areas is literally across the street from where I live, and it is a massive jungle. It it, it is so massive, like there are people that trespass in there all the time because they can trespass from places that our our military police have a hard time getting into. You know, Um, and so Hmm. it's I tell people it's like you know if there was a creature wildlife that's out there you know soldiers are typically loud they make a lot of noise they smell you know they can probably send something coming from a mile away <laughs> and slip out and marines too sorry marines and dip out and oh by the way like when we have all these training exercises we leave a ton of trash behind and a ton of food waste it's probably heaven for them out there but yeah i get mm-hmm. stories um all yeah. the time popular places for bigfoot specifically fort lewis and uh, Yakima Training Center, which is up in Washington State. Mm. Fort Lewis has always – JBLM, joint Base Lewis McCord, has always had this, like, you know, kind of legend of, you know, Sasquatch being out there in, you know, in the training area. How do you get
1: these stories?
0: It's all through Instagram right now because that's kind of, like, the easiest social media site. would love to do, like, a podcast like you guys, but, uh, you know, I'm still active duty. And, uh, unfortunately, my mm. like, current kind of work pace and job and time zone difference prevents me from, like, kind of diving into this uh, so I do things through social media kind of got inspiration from another page uh, called battles and beers. And he basically, he collects war stories. If you guys like war stories and his is the same format, he's on Instagram. You so I solicit or you can come message me directly or send me an email. You tell me your story. I, I ask you maybe a couple more questions or like whatever. It's like, we have a conversation to try to get some more details. And then I take that and I'll post it or I'll save it for later. And I'll tell the audience why I save it for later, but I'll post it on the page in like a kind of easy flipbook format so people can read it and it's mm-hmm. really easy for people to enjoy uh awesome. or sometimes if i like the story and i think it's like a real a real mind bender or a mind mind boggler i'll take it and i'll save it for the book series that i'm writing and i have my first book out we can talk about that at the end
2: yeah what are some what are some mind benders yeah okay. yeah tell us some of the best stories you've got some of the craziest ones uh, okay, okay. drop some drop some I on can, us here nick so
0: uh if you were so it's always i always preface if you guys we were talking giants so i will bring up the first kind of like mind bender story i got and i'm not it's it's pretty mundane but i'll just go ahead and read it for you guys so this is the story i was deployed as an infantry team leader with the army in the kunar province of afghanistan from 2008 to 2009 one night we set in on an observation patrol to overlook a village that we suspected ieds were coming out of due to a successful ied recovery a few weeks prior my lieutenant gave me a new thermal imaging system called the recon 3 that none of us were familiar with and were told me just to figure it out so I could pass on that information I learned about it to the other team leaders. I started messing around with the Recon 3 to see its capabilities, and I was surprised with the clarity of the images and the clarity of the zoom on it. I spent most of my time messing with the different functionalities and watching the village. I started to look across the valley to see what I could see, and that led me to look upon a spur that we had set in on, and I saw a very large heat signature at the top of one of those false peaks. I did everything I could to get as clear of an image as as I could suspecting that it was a group of Taliban huddled together around the light as they tend to do in the mountains when all of a sudden the heat signature stood up as one being. The trees in that area grew to be about 10 to 12 feet tall and this thing was as tall if not more elevated than the trees that surrounded it. It started taking steps parallel to my position and was covering ground quickly with ease. Its stride was slow and relaxed but yet it moved with incredible speed. That led me to believe that this creature was indeed gigantic. It traversed along the landscape and I lost sight of it along a neighboring spur. I did not believe what I saw initially assuming that I imagined it and had never seen anything like it before in my life. I didn't tell many people about it when I was deployed or even in in the army later, and I kept it to myself thinking it couldn't have been what I saw. But then in 2010, after I got out of the army, I was listening to the coast-to-coast radio and I heard the story of a C-130 pilot talking about a similar creature. The memory came flooding back to me, and it made me consider other things I saw during that time on the service. The C-130 pilot discussed the creature in detail and said that it had fire orange hair, and it reminded me of a tradition the locals would do but would not speak of was when they would dye their hair orange and dye their hair their goats orange. It seemed like this was every once in a while they would do this, and all of a sudden the orange Mm. goats would be gone and the orange would be out of their hair as well. I didn't put two and two together assuming that it was a weird cultural thing I didn't understand, but now it makes me wonder if it's kind a gesture to the creature or Nephilim if the goats were sacrificed to it. I'm a Christian and the, bri- the Bible briefly discusses the Nephilim, aka the men of renown. I think that is what I saw. I think it is an ancient race of giants that are descendants of fallen angels, or it could just be a Sasquatch-like creature. I'm not sure. Of course, I only saw it on thermals, but it didn't ex- appear to be hairy like what you would expect a Sasquatch to be. It just looked like a huge naked man.
1: Dang, I like that. Yeah. There's, some, there's some nuggets in there. Oh so yeah. So they dye exactly. their hair. I didn't I never heard that before.
0: So I looked it up and, and so in Islam, I think it's uh it's I'm probably going to get this wrong again cuz it's it's early. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah, but they 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 will dye their hair for like it's tradition to like dye your hair like, green or different colors for Ramadan, but I couldn't find anything that directly alluded to orange. So that was kind of weird. And, like, that story is uh, funny. So I actually have other giant stories yeah. that are, like, almost exactly Let's like go. that. They're, unfortunately, they're kind we of boring. They're just kind of, like, they're literally just like that. Like, dudes are sitting on, like, hey, patrol. Give us a couple more. Give us I'll a couple to... more. Okay. Let me... I'll have to pull some of those out. I'll give you a uh... – here's uh. A...
1: I-, I love it, actually. Because there, there's give... so many Bigfoot encounters. These ones are more fun to me. They're oh, few yeah. and far between. You know? I was going to try to
0: give you guys some uh... – nice like kind of a spread of different stuff i'll take a break of uh this is one of my favorites because it's just incredibly weird yeah this is this will be something different from what you guys have heard i'm sure the only thing down range, i saw downrange were dudes taking a piss in the morning or shit early at na- in the middle of the night never saw anything weird but one of our dudes recorded some weird shit with a bedouin sheep farmer <laughs> and potentially some machine or something it didn't make any sense and we still couldn't can't explain it to this day This happened around the first quarter of 2018 in Syria. We always saw these goat farmers in the middle of nowhere. They always had these little huts made of random material and they moved every few weeks. This one night in this one sortie, we had zero sensor taskings. So they started watching this farmer walk around his hut. These farmers usually had a type of motorcycle or moped or a Hilux or a truck or something like that. Well, this one farmer hopped onto his motorcycle, but the weird thing is he started driving it straight towards his goats. This dude was going uh, reasonably fast, like 35 miles an hour. And suddenly he was flying over his goats. The weapon safety officer got about 25 seconds of this dude hovering around and flying, but we couldn't make any sense of it. Our intel officers thought that maybe he had jury rigged a quadcopter, but it looked like a motorcycle. Our intel actually submitted the report to the higher ups as a incident report. This farmer was flying over his goats in a flying motorcycle contraption, and it didn't make any sense. And our paws that we use to monitor don't have any errors or parallax errors that could produce something like that. The likelihood of a Bedouin having that type of equipment isn't realistic either. So the response we got back from the intel shop was they simply didn't know what it was. So somewhere out there, there's a a Bedouin farmer washing his goats with his flying motorcycle next to him.
1: Dude, that's wild. <laughs> that that sounds kind of spiritual to me. You know, obviously he doesn't have the money to, to buy the tech. It sounds like something something else. Sounds like some sort of seance or some sort. Like of... Like a witch on the broom. A, a witch on a broom. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We. I, <laughs> I actually ended up calling that guy to talk to him more about it, and he was like, "Yeah." We all sat there and watched this guy, and he's there's. If you go look up like quadcopter motorcycle, there's one in like Dubai that they built. Of course, this thing is like almost a million dollars or i think a million yeah,
2: dollars yeah no bedouins got yeah unless he's sitting on an oil field he's got, got a fucking motorcycle yeah motor uh, i don't know maybe you know
0: tony, tony stark is out there you know as a as a bedouin farmer somewhere in syria <laughs> walking around you know yeah no um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, i'll That's I'll show it really, i'll give you another one here i'll try to give you a, a spread of like some of the weird stuff yeah
2: dude love these keep them coming okay so this is uh keep them uh, coming one dude. of
0: one of my favorite ones I was a Marine sniper in the platoon deployed to Fallujah, Iraq. The Marines went in the city of April, 2004. I operated as a sniper and I was assigned to the quick reaction force. We roamed the outskirts in the gun trucks to enforce safe movement of the civilians out of the city. On the second day, we got word that we might be moving into the city that night. We had our battalion give us a moto speech. And at the end of the day, at zero dark 30 Marines were patrolling the city streets with bayonets secured to the front of their rifles. I had a day pack in my back and slung my M4A3, M40A3 with a day-night scope slung over my body. We make our way through the streets and hear a small shootout with the enemy forces, but we keep moving. The enemy eventually gets defeated, and we make continue to make our way to the edge of the main highway that cut our city in half, the north-south. We climbed up a one-story building and set up our sniper position on the roof ledge. A gunship was circling above. We had a fireworks show in front of us, and we got front row seats. The gunship ordnance hit weapons and ammo caches, which caused a huge fire and explosion. I was scanning across the street through my night scope, which was less than 100 yards across the street. Then I saw a shadow figure dancing. It was the shadow of a crouching enemy with an RPG slung over his back. I later found out that he was holding a grenade that he was planning on throwing at the QRF. As I see this guy through the night vision of my scope, I put my crosshairs in the right side of his head and I pull pressure on the trigger. Right before my trigger breaks, the guy makes a quick head movement forward, and I missed right behind his head. So I quickly shoot another few rounds of 7.62 into him. And it was pretty good hits, but not good enough for him to die instantly. So I just watched him roll around in agony as he slowly bled to death. And this was about 3.30 in the morning as we watched him. We heard him moaning and crying, but his friends didn't come to get him. And as the sky starts to turn blue, the morning prayers come on. The man was singing through the loudspeaker as we watched this wounded enemy roll on his stomach. Still moaning and crying, just as the prayer was on its last note, I looked through my scope and I saw this wounded enemy pick up his head and look right at me through my scope. I felt his glare, which caused the hair on my back of my neck to stand on end. I swear he saw me, and when the song ended, so did his life. His head dropped right as the prayer ended, and that was that. What a trip. I was telling my observer about this guy, and he just brushed me off and said to look for more targets. The battle went on throughout the month and with great success on my end. As the Marine and the Army battalions were told to leave the city of Fallujah, the QRF was the last ones to exit. We get back to our base, turn to personnel, gear accountability, and let the dust settle. It's now 2 a.m. on base as I make my way back to the head for a long shower. I get back to my hooch and I lay on my rack. I check the time and it's about 2.30 a.m. and I fall right asleep. After a little while, I wake up to something or someone, slam their hands on my bed right near my feet, and I start to get sleep paralysis. I'm trying to fight this feeling as a person starts crawling hands and knees on top of me. And then it sits on my chest while it's holding my arms down. My heart is racing out of my chest. I could not move and this thing was pissing me off. So I fight the sleep paralysis and push this person off of me. I quickly got of bed and turn on the lights and I look around and no one was there. All five guys in the hooch that were sleeping with me in F separate beds started to yell at me to turn the lights off because they were fast asleep. So I did. And I brushed the counter off and lay back down, but I knew who it was. It was the spirit of that first enemy I killed on that first night. He paid me a visit that night to scare me, and it almost worked. I brushed it off and I went back to sleep. Wow, it's a freaky, one right? Dude, creepy. See, that's gnarly. And those that's are like gnarly, those yeah. weird stories oh. from uh, like combat that I'm trying to trying to capture. And you know, I tell people like, look, I don't have you know, I don't have time to sit there and check all the you know, the facts and whatever. And so, like, you know, for the naysayers, it's like, hey, look, at, at, the, at the very best, take these stories as true. I mean, because like I can't verify them, but at the very worst, you can just consider them entertaining fiction. Like, you know, I was not there with that guy. I don't even want to betray my age here, but I was probably like in uh, middle school at that time, maybe. Right. I was, yeah. you know, like I was Fallujah. <laughs> I can't imagine fighting in Fallujah for your listeners, listeners that didn't know. There was a pretty intense battle. Both the second and the first one in the beginning of the war, and the second one, which is you know kind of stuff of legend in the Marine Corps because of how an intense battle that was. And uh, I'm still exploring kind of like that realm because yeah. I've heard that there's some weird stuff that happened during that battle as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, people can kind of you can kind of smell real quickly if they know what they're talking about. If they're making something up, they don't know the you know the terms and they don't understand like the, the whole environment that you get as being in, in the military. We we kind of do the same thing on our show, Nick. Like we hear a lot of stuff, and sometimes if it's we just if it's just too crazy or weird, it's like I don't know. But but after a while, that the same thing starts coming at you, you gotta gotta. And there's something to all this. Your mind expands, and the weirder stuff is is available. But did I like I like those stories, man. And that's a cool place to be, and the military doesn't probably you know kind of bring the uh, the people in that are making up stories. It probably it's not it's not that crap. I, I
0: mean. People do people do, unfortunately, um, you know, some people are very bad storytellers. Like uh, I'm also very well versed in like internet culture and like I've, you know, the, the creepy pastas and I used to browse uh, 4chan a lot on the paranormal page when I was a kid and like I can, I notice when people are trying to parrot me something, some information. So I, I try yeah. to do my due diligence of like, thanks for sharing, bro, and kind of pushing it to the side. Uh, or for the most part, like I let, like kind of like the audience, kind of give input, and you know maybe when they're on that training mission and they heard this shrieking in the woods, they thought it was a woman, it was really a fox. Yeah. You know, well, maybe not. It was like uh, the first time I heard a, a doe bleat in the middle of the night, I thought it was like a ghostly woman coming to collect my soul. I was right. freaking out.
2: Yeah, I got a fox that lives in our backyard. Yeah, I know what that sounds like. Yep. <laughs> and then I, I started hearing yeah. them all
0: go off at once, and I was like, oh, that's what deer sound like. <laughs> but. I have a video of Marines in a place somewhere in the uh, West Coast that, you know, depicts what kind of like one of the legends they talk about there. It sounds, it legitimately sounds like a woman screaming in the woods. Like, just like, I don't know how to describe it. And like, I've heard cats, foxes, I've I've heard all recordings of owls. Uh, I've heard like, you know, like big cats, like big cats always have that, like, like I don't know how to describe it. It's like a draw at the end. Yeah, when they, all you gotta do is listen for that, and like once you hear it, like yep, yeah, that's a cat, and all all cats do it, and like this one, it, yeah, mountain it's lions just like this
2: do do have that weird, yeah, being from California, yeah, you get a weird
0: bellow that's it, just sounds human, it just sounds like a woman yeah. bellowing and yep screaming, and like it's it's very strange, and then you know if you get into that that base that they're from, it lines up with what people experience and people see out there, so you know, and maybe it is Sasquatch, I don't know.
1: I love it. Not that giant that that guy saw through the scope—twelve foot. Well, the trees were twelve foot, and he was—that's what doing, he estimated, right? Mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah. Like. So we 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 the story we told this week was about a fourteen foot guy that um he saw in trees, but that was in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> so it's wild, man. You know, we hear these stories, and and we and we emailed him for a long time just to make sure, you know, and I think. Like you said, there's, there's only so much time in the day to to try to vet these stories. I mean, obviously, if it, if you're coast to coast, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you have a little more time. But for the rest of us, we're just like, hey, do with it what you will. What do you think about this story? Is it good Yeah, or bad? Who knows?
0: And you're absolutely right. And that's like, honestly, all you really can do at this point because, you know, we may never have the answers, but, you know, we can kind of start getting there maybe. Uh, we can start like encouraging people to talk.
1: Yeah. We've heard a lot of rumblings in Afghanistan and giants. It's cool to get a couple stories about that because that's, that's what everyone seems to know. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. And like, I've come to giant space. learn, you know, I never really deployed to uh, Afghanistan. That wasn't like in my, in my story to do so. But talking to people who did deploy there, they all kind of unanimously agreed with me, agreed to me that uh, without talking to each other, that is such a weird place. Like, to the locals, it's a weird place, you know, it's an ancient place, it's, it's you know, there's stories of giants, like the locals talk about it. There's stories of like what we would consider like Sasquatch, uh, Dog Man, um, and you know, and some of the, uh, yeah. what's, what's the other one? Like the djinn, if you look into the stories of the djinn there, like to, like the, um, in places like Afghanistan and Pakistan, the djinn aren't ghosts. They're not like these paranormal things. They're like fact of the matter. When the villagers say there's a there, they really mean it. There's something there that is an evil ancient spirit that just don't mess with it. It'll leave you alone, but if you go there and mess with it, it's going to yeah, mess I, with you. I've,
2: I've been to Kabul in 2017. So I've been to Afghanistan. I could tell you, like, the atmosphere there is weird in general. And I didn't get out into the, like, the, you know, out into the, the bush or out, you know, wasn't on any fobs. It wasn't with the military. But just being there, there's, you, you nail it there's something very ancient it's super like mountainous and rugged once you even even surrounding the city there's it's this wild rugged place like it is and there's just something that there's an air there that's it's heavy it's heavy it's it's just a i can't imagine being deployed i have friends that were deployed you know i've, I've got a few buddies that were there multiple times and not surprising that there's there's strange things that happen you know it seems that we have things that happen in the in the remote parts of this planet and the more remote you get sometimes the more weird these things are yeah man there's a lot of caves too right we talk about caves nate and, and the things that that come out of caves or you can overlay cave maps in the united states with oh, yeah one stuff and you can find all kinds of weird you know things that line up and then you know and then you look at what what the people are oh, saying yeah. is coming out of caves and you know other parts of the world a, it's, um, it's wild.
0: For like, I like looking into like local le- like legends to bases too. So like, uh, like you talk caves. Uh, there's for a lot of Marines that are stationed on Camp Pendleton, and you know, on in California, there's another. There's all these little sub camps within Camp Horno Is kind of the one that's uh, close to the water. It's like if you're driving up to San Clemente, uh, it's off to the. If you're driving up north to San Clemente, and you're you pass, like, you start getting in the middle of nowhere, and the ocean's to your left. Uh, Camp Horno, you eventually pass it. It's like not marked on your uh, your right. There's just this big Marine camp out there in the middle of nowhere. And a lot of the Marines out there talk about how they the Horno Skinwalker, how they've seen and heard this weird creature out there, and that there's all these caves that the Marine Corps has like not really designated, but like people have found supposed entrances to them. And you know, they some of the Marines out there think that there's like a creature that lives in these caves or creatures that Mm. comes out and uh, there. I even. Mm. Talk to a squad. There's a squad out there called um, this. They, their moniker is the Skinwalkers, and I was like, "Oh, that's really cool." I was like, why would you guys choose the Skinwalkers? Because there's other squads and units in the army that use like Wendigo or Bigfoot because it sounds cool. And they, they told me though, it's because their squad yeah. leader claimed that he had an encounter with a Skinwalker as a child, and that the Skinwalker had been following him his whole life. And they said, like one night in the field they started hearing these like weird noises and these like screeches and growls and they saw this human head well not human but this pale white head pop up and look at him from the bushes and then pop back down and the you know the squad leaders matter of factly was like uh, yep that's hey. the skinwalker i told you about guys it just follows me and from then, then on they've been known as Dude. the skinwalkers so
1: it's like kind of like, like, what? well, people, yeah, people don't understand some of these. See, it makes me think, you know, it's like, why are these military bases where they are? Why are they, you know, why are a bunch of military operations in these remote parts of the world? What's, what's actually the the reason that they're there? Cause I mean, if you look at Camp Pendleton, it's literally right off the, the coast of California next to Catalina Island. It's right there. And there's a lot of UFO activity. And if you look into the history of Catalina Island, they dug up a, ju- a bunch of giants there. There's supposedly an underground megalith right in the right in the water there too. It makes you wonder. Like is yeah. the military actually like looking out for the, some of these? Is it building sites around the world? Is it in places where there was ancient megalithic structures and there's paranormal activity that's been going on since the dawn of time? I I, I tend to think that they don't tell you know the guys on the ground all the information and some of the higher ups. And know, okay, we're here to. We're here to watch this thing. Make sure this doesn't get out of control.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you could honestly be onto something just because of some of the stories I get from the sheer volume of service members. It kind of begs the question. A crazy place uh, for your listeners. I actually wrote a whole article on it for the Lethal Minds Journal, uh, which you can find on Instagram as well. But uh, Fort Campbell is no all the soldiers like just kind of know and say that the, the training area is haunted. And, uh, like, they see ghosts. There's even a road called Ghost Road because people driving down it have seen so many apparitions and, like, shadow people. Mm. But kind of, like, one of the hidden stories there, everybody talks about is Dogman. Uh, There's a lot of soldiers there that report seeing literally this, like, giant wolf-like creature or hearing these howls and growls in the middle of the night or seeing these big red eyes staring at them from the bushes and feeling these overwhelming sense of dread like you need to leave. And uh, I actually was able to, like, I had a bunch of soldiers message me, and I uh, put two and two together, and I realized that all of these soldiers, these five soldiers, were from the same exercise on the same night, telling me the same exact thing of what they saw was a giant wolfman creature that was trying to get the drop on him in the training area. And actually, oh. I, I couldn't talk to the guy. I could not find him because he got out of the army. So if you're listening to this... Please contact me, uh, but supposedly one of the one of these soldiers witnessed another soldier get grabbed and dragged through the woods by this creature that actually was like it's it was flesh and blood because it tore his uniform, like with perfect claw marks. I'll give you the I'll give you the first story. There's i I'll, uh, I'll have to. Uh, it's pretty long if I read the whole um, we might be here for a minute if I read the uh, the whole article.
2: It's fun. I think it's fascinating. If you got five people talking about a, a wolf man, dog man, werewolf sort of thing, that's that's a lot of witnesses. Yeah, that's the only thing I've seen in
1: my life, Nick. Just to give you a little heads up, I saw one of those as a kid. I kind of blocked it out till later in life until I heard a lot of people like coming on podcasts talking about. Like, wait a minute, I saw that. I thought I just imagined it. You know?
0: Yeah, because like, I, I know. I, so I have a theory to this too. I'll read, before I read the stories, is I did some research and uh so i know you, i'm sure you guys watched tony merkel's um uh youtube video that he did for uh legions of legends about the dog man right yeah so something that like instantly stood out to me i mean honestly for the viewers if you haven't watched it the watching is it super fascinating because you get to let's hear the vi- the witness and kind of see how he's reacting and then just honestly the last five minutes are some of the most like bone chilling things i've ever heard so i don't want to spoil it, but. One of the things that these guys kind of all described at first was when they saw the creature, they described as having antlers. Right. Mm. And I was like, Well, what do you mean by that? Can you describe more of what you saw? And they started describing the face. I'm like, well, so was it more of like a wolf or was it more of like a deer? And they were all like, it was a wolf. And then suddenly they're like, it looked like it had antlers. And then all of a sudden it didn't have antlers. And I kind of like started putting two and two together. And I was thinking like, you know, these guys, could it have been a skinwalker? Like what we, or the spirit, right? So the Trail of Tears did actually happen at, you know, and if you guys didn't know, that was like more or less like the, you know, the kind of a really messed up period in American history where we forced all the tribes from the East Coast and it's more or less a death march. And it went all over the United States to what's now known as the reservations across America. And it did pass through, Um, Kentucky and where Fort Campbell's training area is now or Fort Campbell is. So tons of dark, negative energy, spooky stuff. Like, I don't know, maybe it could be, that could be a remnant of the spirits out there that, you know, the cursed land, very, you know, very spiritual people, maybe dogman is just a manifestation of these first peoples and like their suffering and like their anger and whatever. I don't know. It's very interesting, but I'll go ahead and get into it. So I got I had, it's funny enough, I have five stories. No, this is four stories here. The fifth man, he didn't want to kind of go on record, but he more or less kind of backed up everything this, the people were saying. Uh, so I'll start with the first story. Uh, so this first story takes place, this guy was a scout, so he was in the same exercise and as the scouts, he went into the training area first, right? So the scouts go in first, they go ahead of everyone. Uh, so this is what he saw. So while I wasn't in 1502. That's the, the infantry unit that those guys were in. I was in the Cav Squadron of the 2nd Brigade. During the November 2017 FTX field training exercise, we were conducting an area recon about 1.5 kilometers southeast from the training town called Cassidy. It was around 2 in the morning we were sitting around waiting for further orders and as we reached our line of advance, which is that's like kind of like their limit of where they need to go. While sitting in the truck commander position monitoring the, com- the communications, a presence began to emanate two meters in front of our truck. And by presence, I mean a black mass. It was darker than the surrounding nighttime environment, and it was a, but it was a cloudy night with little illumination. and we could still see this black mass in front of us that was undetectable by MVGs or thermals and was only visible to the naked eye. Everyone in the vehicle confirmed they saw something in front of us with their own eyes. My Gunner tried to pick it up on thermals and MVGs, but couldn't. Everyone in the vehicle felt like we were being stared down by this black mass in front of us and it wanted us to leave. We could feel the eyes on us after about a 30 second standoff. This presence just vanished into the woods. And while I didn't feel threatened by it, I never felt that any soldier was the baddest thing walking around the back 40 after that, the back 40 is the training area. So now we get into the actual story. So this is the first gentleman that sent me the story that got me onto this. And so now we're ta- now this, this is the next three are from the same unit, same Italian in two separate companies, but they were all next to each other, and they saw this. And so, I'll just see how, like, you can see how similar the stories are. I'm stationed at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. The training area we have is called the Back Forty. Thousands of acres of ranges and training sites. My story takes place in the Back Forty near a makeshift town called Cassidy. It's located in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by forest and thick underbrush. And at that time, it was mid-July, so everything was in full bloom. My company was conducting a two-week field problem in the area, and after we secured this town, my platoon was tasked with pulling a blocking position about 100 meters to, into the wood line from this town. So this was like day 12 of a two-week field problem, and I'm located on the far right area of our blocking position with my squad. I'm a squad leader in an infantry platoon, and we dig into the position. I'm located about 10 to 15 meters from my soldiers with my back up against a tree. Darkness sets in in the back 40, and the guys are tired. My team leaders are doing their checks to ensure the guys are awake. I go by, and I didn't keep track of my time, but if I had to guess, it was around midnight. No move, The only thing you could see to our rear was the town of Cassidy. My team leader was laying in with his team on the line, and we're pulling about a 50-50 security detail. So no one. So it's one man up and one man asleep. The Bravo team leader sleeping next to me. Our radio man was walking back and forth, bouncing along the positions and checking on everyone. So every twenty to thirty minutes, I hear him walk by, and eventually comes up to me and says, "Hey, sergeant, you good on batteries?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm good, dude." So. Hearing him walking by it so much, I get used to hearing the movement around me. But so then I hear something, and without even thinking about it, I ignore it, thinking it's my radio man. But it starts getting closer and closer and starts getting like slower and sounds more deliberate in its movement. I look over my shoulder to say, What the f are you doing? And that's when I saw whatever it was, mid-crouch pose about 20 meters from me, making low, subtle growling noises like a dog or a wolf. I froze and I felt the hair in the back of my neck stand and my heart start to race. Whatever this thing was stood at least five feet tall, crouched over, and was slowly sinking lower and lower to the ground like it was about to pounce. Paralyzed with confusion and fear, I watched for another 10 to 12 seconds, and then I reached and grabbed my e-tool, it's a small shovel, not taking my eyes off of what I'm looking at. I quickly flipped down my PSQ-20s, which are night vision goggles, and as I did, this creature ran a diagonal line from me fast, and when I say fast, it was booking it in this low crouch stance. I flipped my twenties to thermal mode and I saw the outline of this thing running into the woods. Everyone heard me around me heard it crashing through the woods. It was too fast to be man and too big to be a deer, and it was fully standing up as it crashed through the bush. Later that night, another squad leader told me he heard deep, loud, sniffing noises near his position. The soldiers were saying they smelled what appeared to resemble a wet dog smell. In the hours before wow. dawn, we all heard this loud guttural noise that would start up immediately after the coyotes. Coyotes are prominent in this area, and you could always hear them. Except after this howl or a lot of noise, they would all stop. I'd always heard stories and never believed it, as well as, well as others in my platoon. After this encounter, we all agreed that we were alone that night and something lurks out there. It was canine by the looks of it. It was dark, and I don't want to speculate or give a false tale. But, but in the face, it was elongated like a snout, what I could see. Growing up playing in the woods and hunting, I'd never seen, heard, or felt anything that way ever. This is the second guy. So this guy was behind that squad leader. Uh, so I was in 1502, our company had just taken Cassidy mm-hmm. after about five days of, a, of a FTX. Naturally, we get pushed out to the wood line to set up a defensive position for the follow-on mission. And naturally, as soon as we break into the woods, it starts raining on us. At this point, dudes are spent, annoyed, and pushed out and tired. But we set up our perimeter anyways. And to our left is a ditch running perpendicular to Cassidy and paralleling our sector. The squad leader and myself are co-located with the gunner and the AG. As we lay in the fence, we end up leaning back onto some trees and <laughs> by the side and waiting for the end of the mission or the change of the mission. While smoking and joking, minus the smoking since at this point our cigarettes are soggy mush, up walks a platoon RTO and switches out our batteries. We notice early due to the leaves and the twigs and the sound of 140 pounds slowly walking towards us so as not to catch, to catch a trip or a thorny vine. He makes a swap and walks off. About 20 to 30 minutes pass and we hear the same weighted footsteps approaching. None of us had our nods on or down. Assuming it was the RTO, we just waited for him to say something. After a moment of silence, awkwardly, we went, hey, man, what are you doing? And there's no response. We heard this deep sniffing sound from behind us. It sounded like a dog trying to find something. Hmm. The sound seemed to come from a few meters back behind my squad leader on my left. That's the first guy. That's the second guy I talked. We sit and listen, trying to figure out what was there for a moment. Then immediately the sound of leaves and cracking and and breaking towards us, and we hear this heavy sniffing between me and my assistant gunner. And we ca- it catches our attention. Immediately, we both drop our nods and flip around and see what uh-huh. it was. At this point, we hear the source of the sound barrel into the woods on our right, and it sped down deeper and deeper into the wood line. All of us sat there dumbfounded what happened, and we concluded it was too heavy to sound like a coyote. It steps them more like sprinting on two legs rather than four, so we ruled out a, ho- a hog or a skunk or whatever. So we concluded it was the dog man. I'll note that we were all aware of the dogman. and it be it in the back 40 or the land between the lakes. The funny thing was our company first sergeant was super into the lore, And as you guessed, we mentioned it to him and we got some huge backstory mentioning that the stuff about the land of the lakes, land between the lakes and stuff that happening all the time in the, in the training area. There was another soldier who was here that he didn't want to go on record, but he more or less like also with, he was right next to these guys. He was the assistant gunner and he saw this wolf thing barrel out of the woods like in barrel into the woods. And he was like, yeah, dude, it was uh, a wolf. Dang. Um, So this is the, this is the last one. This one's a super fascinating one that goes into our conversation of like, maybe people know it's there, maybe people don't. So this is the final story to this event is, so I'm with the 101st Airborne's 1502 Infantry Regiment. There are rumors and superstitions among the infantry about skinwalkers and old Native American spirits. The Trail of Tears runs right through the base, and there are tons of unmarked graves that the army has either ignored or like forgotten about due to the lack of funding. But anyway, one night during a four-week training intensity in the back forty of Campbell, my buddy and I are pulling guard on a road under NVGs. We're laying down on the side, and there is a storm drain pipe running under the road horizontally, about a couple feet to our seven o'clock. It's dark, light drizzle, and about two in the morning. And I'm watching the road one way, and my enemy is watching. My buddy is watching the other way for enemy. Next thing I know, my buddy is rolling around, hooping and hollering about something touching him. It grabbed me, bro. Holy shit. It grabbed me and tried to pull me into the drain. Not exactly sure what was going on, but I peeked my head into the storm drain to look. All I heard was grunting like a boar, And then the distant but sound of human feet slapping the concrete as it ran. I stepped back from the drain and aimed my MVDs across the street towards the exit of the drain pipe while my buddy crawled away. What I saw standing across the road in the tree line, 75 meters away from us, I can only describe as a legit dog man. It was eight to nine feet tall, with the head of a canine, the body of a wolf, and it was standing on its hind legs. Hmm. Broad shoulders, and I couldn't tell if the hair was dark blue with leathery skin. But I did see the ears, pointy and large, almost elvish-like. What stood out to me the most was when I was looking at it under nods. The eyes were glowing. Upon seeing it, I yelled and let off a burst of sim rounds. I'm not going to lie, it scared the complete shit out of me. The dogman turned and disappeared into the woods, knocking down trees as it went on all fours and ran away. It snapped several smaller saplings in half as it ran away. Six to seven nights after that incident, I was behind my CEO and my company, RTO, in the nods again, walking through the thickest shit you have ever seen in your life. I mean, thorn bushes 10 feet tall, thicker than concrete. The whole company gets separated, and I remember hearing it howl in between the platoons. So much so that the CEO called up on the net to ask who the hell is making that noise and what is it. Hmm. No way was a normal animal moving through that type of brush we were all in. It was freaky. Some of us were later called to our first sergeant's office and we retold the story. You basically told us to keep it to ourselves and never say anything about it to anyone. but I honestly still think about it, and I can see the eyes right huh. wild, right? Oh, yeah, um, that's wild. Yeah. And like talking to a lot of those guys, yeah, like all the soldiers kind of like even when they're back in their training area, like they're, yeah. they're barracks and they're you know they're on the edge of this training area and they all hear the howls, and some dudes see like eyes staring at them from the forest, hear stuff, smell it, you know. And some of the, the commands just like, hey, man, just don't talk about it, whether that's because they know it's there or they're just like, we really don't want to deal with this right now. It begs the question, like, is there something out there? You know, and is it like it's obviously a physical threat because it, it grabbed a dude and tore his uniform. Yeah. You know, I don't know.
2: And they're told not to talk about
1: it. And You got to you got to have some stones if you're. Some creature like that, it's not a you know, you're, you're messing around with military people,
0: <laughs> or you blast. know, every time, anytime. So, here's a red flag for your viewers whenever you hear these stories about guys are on a training, you know, they're walking around with live rounds on a training mission. That's a huge red flag, right? because, like, we and we're in, when we're doing training scenarios, all because you, know, you give someone gun, you skip someone gun with bullets, someone's going to end up getting shot on accident,
2: yeah, on purpose. Yep. There's people
0: like that. But uh, so like when we're in the field, you've probably seen it, those little like red things, little yellow things on the end of the rifles, right? So that's where if we shoot blanks, which are just basically, that's the sim rounds. It just makes a loud noise and a flash um, to simulate like kind of like the rifle firing. And so like, you know, these dudes are, these creatures could also know like all these soldiers will walk around the woods with all this, these sim rounds huh. that don't do anything. And they're like, what a perfect time! They know they can mess with things and like get close and not have to worry about getting shot by like fifty dudes at once. Makes
2: sense, actually. Yeah, they they got a bunch of pop guns. And yeah, not, not any, uh, dude, not any rounds. That's that's wild. What? Yeah, my thought
1: is just trying to rule out a human. You know, another human being out there playing a joke. I just don't think that would be
0: plausible. Uh, yeah, I think <laughs> I think uh, playing a joke in that scenario. That I, I don't know. I, you would get caught. Like I'm, there's there's no one that smart. Now I've come across. Guys that have told me, like, I'll post a story about, like, some noise or whatever. And, like, some, I've had one guy come forward and say, hey, that was actually me. And I can prove it. And he actually proved it because he he said that I was here at this time. And I put on a ghillie suit to intentionally go and mess with this unit. And, you know, I was I was able to conclude that this guy was legitimately telling the truth. And he played a prank. But I don't think a lot of these stories are pranks at all. Like, I think a lot of these stories are... You know uh so some of the stories I think you're mistaken identity for sure, but i still I still want to post them and give people a voice, but I think the vast majority of them are legit, weird things that are happening, and whether it's dogman Bigfoot uFO whatever there's an, there's an explanation in there somewhere, and it's just we have to figure it out you know
1: and what do you think what do you think Nick what do you think how's your uh, sort of understanding of these weird paranormal stories evolved? Oh Where are you at with it all?
0: That's a good question because I, my viewpoints on these things have changed like exponentially. You know, I've even started, my dad's in the service uh, or he's retired, but like, you know, I've even started getting stories out of him. And my dad has always been like a skeptic, you know, he's like, hey, I'll believe it when I see it. But even he's like mentioned stuff to me and I'm just looking at him like, dude, you don't think that's really weird? Like, you know, (laughs) you don't think what you saw in the sky because he's a pilot, but that was not a, you know, an aircraft, like you think the something that's weird. And, you know, I, there's so many more stories I think guys are just holding onto because it goes back to that, you know, that factor. I think just, you know, it's the terror you laugh off in the moment. And like, you know, you're just so focused on what you need to do. You just push it to the back of your, your head. You know, that, that that's what happened with me with some, some other weird stuff I saw. You know, I pushed it back into the back of my head until like months later down the line, it clicked in with me when I was bringing it up with another service member who was there. And we both found out we had a shared experience and that's where it got the ball rolling for Tales from the Good Square was like, you know, there, there are these experiences out there, but like people just kind of push them aside to the back of their head. So like, let's, let's see what we can pull up. And man, I pulled up some stuff. It is definitely, uh, I sleep with, I sleep with the yeah. light on in my house somewhere because <laughs> you know, uh, I don't, I don't, it's just like, I'm like, I said, I'm a huge scaredy cat. I'm very superstitious and you know. I think, especially out here in Hawaii, uh, if you guys didn't know, out here in Hawaii is extremely spiritual, extremely, like, you know, there's a lot of haunted places out here on the island that you just simply can't get to because they're, like, deep in the jungle. And the locals don't want to take you because, you know, if you ask some of the locals, they'll tell you the activity is demonic, which is Mm. insane. But, like, Um. you know, I have dudes here that have experienced things and seen things, uh, you know, that... I. I don't want to divulge too much, but I work very close to a fame. Like, if there's a famous picture of Pearl Harbor, uh, right? And then there's like the Wheeler Army Airfield was the first place to get attacked. Um, there's a very famous picture of some buildings on fire, and I used to literally work in the building that was on fire in that picture. You know, and they, of course they rebuilt wow. it, but that hangar that was bombed and set ablaze and killed all these all these uh, army personnel that used to be literally my office. You know and so there's all sorts of like weird connections like fort sill is built on an, yeah on an indian reservation there's gray sites all over fort sill yeah there's also a hidden history on these army and military bases and navy bases that because we're just really bad honestly about recording our own history that's forgotten about yeah you know and so it's like that's just i like that niche subject and trying to bring some of this stuff to like you know awareness and you know in my own way kind of Capture veteran stories and like record them. Sorry, I'm
1: kind of got sidetracked there. <laughs> no, no, no. We've heard all, we, we've heard it all, man. Someone told us the Hawaiian Observatory is uh, is a portal. <laughs> 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 so who knows, man? I mean, so much weird stuff, dude. If anything, on our show, every single island, whether it's Cat- Catalina, Sardinia, there were like these ancient giants lived there, and so who knows what they built there, and. Who knows if Hawaii wasn't inhabited, yeah. you know, a couple thousand years ago by <laughs> some giants. Or, you
0: know, if you go to, I was on Kauai recently for a trip and there's all these ruins all over Kauai. And so there's a legend of the menahune in Hawaiian culture, which are like dwarves and gnomes. And so like on Oahu, they talk about the Menahune like they're like these ghost creatures, like ghostly creatures, spiritual creatures. On Kauai, they're treated like they were physical flesh and blood. And there's all these ruins all over Kauai. That were found when that are documented they were there before the Hawaiians came there of the Menahune and to on Hawaii, the Menahune were literally like mm-hmm. the people there. It's a lost civilization. And I think someone I found the document, I have to go look for it again. Even on the census in like eighteen oh one or eighteen ten, there were six people on the island that identified themselves as Manahune.
2: Makes you wonder. So yeah.
1: makes you wonder. Yeah. Huh. Kinda sounds like Easter Island. There's this whole history there too. We've done we've done a lot of episodes on these islands, specifically around the world, where there there's there's like a little remains here and there, and sometimes you know, obviously Hawaii is one of the most sought after places to live in terms of when it comes to an island, but you know, there's there was places in Aruba, Easter Island, you know, like we brought on a girl who said there's a bunch of stuff in Aruba, and Carousel and places like that where you know you have. This history that the people know about, but then, you know, the scientists come in and have a different narrative. But the locals will tell you, nah, there's this other history on this island. So it's one, it's, it's, Luke and I will have to take a business trip out there and just, and suffer oh, yeah. through yeah, it. Yeah, dude. We'll awesome. Yeah,
2: we'll have to. It's expensive. Yeah, it is
0: expensive. <laughs> I definitely feel on that. <laughs>
1: we'll, we'll look for some giant bones and ride it off, right? That's right. There you go. It'll
2: be a business expense. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Thanks for getting up at, I don't know the military time. Oh four hundred?
2: Yeah, pretty
0: so, much four <laughs> hundred. I was like, I was getting up like doing this, like we're commit. I'm up, we're committing. Oh, I, mean, I I had my, set my computer up in my garage yeah. the uh, the night before. I was like, We will we'll waste no time.
1: We will waste no time. We're we're getting blurry in the morning at the morning hours here. <laughs> we here, are Luke. Very blurry hours. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I know. I've had no coffee or anything yet. I'm just like staring at yeah, the wall. We're way ahead. It's... We're way ahead
2: of Nick here. So We don't have a lot of excuses. I know. (laughs) Yeah, you have. You got a lot of energy for Uh, in the morning. Over there, once
0: once lunch comes around, that's when it starts crashing. Comes crashing down.
1: I love it, man. If if you if you ever hear any of those giant tales, and you and you want to send some of those at military guys our way, we're always looking for more of modern day sort of Nephilim encounters. We we love those. So appreciate you um, coming on and. Dropping some, no. you know, stories about cryptids and Bigfoot and giants and weird floating motorcycles. I try to get,
0: I try to keep it fun on the page and I try to keep, but, you know, like, I appreciate you guys having me on. I do everything I do is uh, kind of grassroots. Like I like basically, you know, this, this is how I get awareness out. And, you know, it's like, I don't, I tell people I don't care about followers on my page, but you know, the more people that know tales from the grid square and know how to find me, you know, I have yep. more of a chance of getting a story for every you know ten people that follow, one of them may have a story, or you know some dude like seeing all the other stuff I post is like you know what like I'm ready to tell you my story, yeah. and you know the flip side to all this for the the listeners is uh, so you can I'll just go ahead and I know we're uh, getting short on time, but uh, yeah. you know your listeners can find me uh, Tales from the Grid Square on Instagram. That's T A L E S F R O M T H E Uh, G-R-I-D-S-Q-U-A-R, Tales from the Grid Square on Instagram. That's where I primarily do all my business. Uh, You can reach out to me in the DMs, give me a follow, read the stories I post there. I also can be reached on email, Tales from the Grid Square, same thing, at gmail.com. If you want to shoot me an email, that's easier. Um, And I, I also, part of the second part of this project is I take these, I'm taking these stories and I'm collecting them into a volume of books uh nice. that I I'm doing myself because you know like mm. digital age you get banned blocked whatever but you know I have a book out yeah. now with 240 of these stories and you know no matter what happens like if all the books are suddenly taken away from people I have one in my house <laughs> so it's on paper and in my opinion yeah like, man.
2: it's, it's <laughs> hard right. copy hard it's copy. hard put copy. that in the safe that's right right
0: um
1: well if you are you, so you selling that book you selling the book, I am you know? yes
0: so you can uh purchase Tales from the Grid Square Volume 1 uh, on Instagram. On oh, not Instagram, sorry, <laughs> Amazon. You can find it in the Kindles, on Kindle too. Uh, it's available for the Kindle app. And uh, it's also available on paper copy in the Amazon store. Sometimes it's a little weird to search for it. So I'll tell you, it's not because you're blocking me, just because I self-published this.
1: Send us the link to that, we'll put it on our website. We have a guest tabs. So we'll throw it up there and people
2: can go oh, awesome. direct to it, directly, it, baby.
0: Oh, that's, that would be awesome. And I am working on... Yeah. Uh, a volume two, a volume three, and I have a volume four plan. That's how many stories I have. Um, That's amazing. But volume two is slowly in the works as I I, I get in with everything else, but I will hype it up a little bit that that one will have pictures in it. I have some really, I have a couple mind blowing pictures in there that you guys might like. We'll have one that you guys really like in there. I I, I'll take, I've taken some stories that are a little like a little more interesting, a little more amazing. I've put those aside. Uh, for that book so there'll be some stuff in there that i haven't put on the page mm-hmm. and you know I, I make sure it's edited and make sure i do it all myself put a lot of, put a lot of work into this so i deliver a product that is enjoyable readable and that people can you know read again again and again again so
2: awesome yeah man
1: love it that's right listeners go out there adam tales from the grid square on instagram and go buy the book and dude Appreciate you so much for coming on, Blurry Creatures, and yeah, Mahalo, Mahalo, bro. <laughs>
0: Thank you, appreciate aloha it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Aloha, <Exactly>. boys. <laughs> That's right. And if you, ha- yeah, like I said, you're always welcome on our show. If you hear any more weird encounters and tales, and you think, hey, this is Blurry, this is for the Blurry Bros, I'm gonna hit us up. And we'll have well, you I'll, back. I'll on. tell
0: you what, I'll, put, I'll, I'll send this invitation when I release the second book. Uh, I will say there's a hype, like I so will hype it up. There's a picture. I think you guys really like. Um, I don't want to divulge too much. It's not exactly blurry, but it's definitely interesting, and we could uh, potentially talk about that when I drop. We'll do it. it. So, let's
2: do it. Let's do it, man. That's awesome. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it, brother. Oh,
0: awesome. Thank you, guys.
2: Thanks, dude. All righty.